Yo, it's time to step into the business bubble. Okay. Whatever you want, bro. Cool, man. Thanks for jumping on, though. No worries. Anytime. Appreciate it. Anytime, All right. Anytime. Grab your balls, bro. Grab my balls. Which ones? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one makes you feel comfortable. Oh, I think uh, I think the one's downstairs, but you know, sitting <laughs> retention, so I got to do this instead. Are you still on it? Yes, I am, sir. How many days? 200. 200? Yeah. Feel good? Very good. Never, yeah. never felt better. Really? It started because I think somewhere else you said that you lost all the drive. Is that right? Uh, so that made it easier. Yeah. But um, are we filming? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so natural, right? Yeah, very yeah. natural. I wasn't sure. No, I, I lost it because uh, of um, the damage that was done when I got possessed. So no one's going to believe me, but it's all good. That's okay. Tell me about it. You got possessed by spirit? Correct, correct. Yeah. How many years ago was this? Uh, it's a very complex story, but um, you could say it started in late 2020 and then all of 2021. Um, yeah, it was bad, bro. Very bad. Mm. Lucky to be alive, honestly, but um, praise God that I'm here so um, I can share my testimony. Amen. I'll jump into that after, but I actually want to find out what did you have to give up in order to pursue um, this career of being a content creator? Oh, it's a lot, man. There's a lot. Um, you know, you're whining about the clock about nine, 10 years. So during the time, I was actually trying to be a, uh, a pro soccer player mm -hmm. when I was in uh, high school. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that for about, uh, you could say, what was that? That would have been a good five to 10 years, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then I was living in Serbia uh, on trial there. I was living in the UK on trial there as well. And I just started to quit um, yep. because... Yeah, just sort of realized that it wasn't for me. And the higher level I got to, the less I enjoyed it. So decided to, um, yeah, just quit. And then it was weird because like within a week I found YouTube, which hadn't been explored at the time in Australia, like at all. And then I just knew instantly that I had to do this. So kind yeah. of kind of random. So you jumped onto YouTube first or Facebook first? YouTube. So I was on YouTube from 2014 to 2016 yeah. only. And then I met a friend, um, that was on Facebook and he mm -hmm. had only been going for about a month and he already got to like 50K followers in a month from the same content I was doing. Yeah, Jackson O'Doherty, actually, you probably, you probably know him. And um, yeah, I was like, well, how come you've got to 50K in a month on Facebook and I've only got to like 9K in two years on YouTube? Yeah. So I jumped on and yeah, bro, like it blew up instantly. So what about today? Is Facebook bigger or YouTube bigger in your, um, in terms of reach? Oh, my Facebook's way bigger. My yeah. Facebook... Uh, is like five to 10 times bigger than <clears throat> my YouTube channel. Yeah. And do you find that um, because of Facebook's reach right now, are people still like, is there still traction on Facebook? Um, from what I know, looking at my own family, only my mom and dad really stop <laughs> keep posting on, on Facebook. Mm, yeah. So you're my age, right? Yeah. Okay. So when we were in school, yeah. Facebook came out when I was in year 10. Yeah. And that was when you could do like the quizzes and like, this is who you are based upon this quiz. And it was pumping for like, I would say five to 10 years. Yeah. But then what happened was, I would say in around 2017, it kind of started dropping off where Instagram sort of took over. And then the DM functionality came onto Instagram whereby you could just talk to people on Instagram. So then I think you saw like a decline in Facebook users, especially in Australia, especially in the younger demographic. Yep. And then, yeah, as you said, bro, your parents use Facebook, right? Same same as my mom. So it became like, at least in Australia, and I think the US as well, a more older person app. 
Mm-hmm. But in Southeast Asia, they still use it because in the Philippines, which is one of my largest um, demographics, I've been there a few times. Are you Filipino? No. You're, Hong Kong. That's right. Sorry. Mm. You speak Chinese. How could I forget? <laughs> um, in the Philippines, I believe Facebook is free to use. Right. And I think they use it all in Indonesia as well. So it's still big in like Asia. Yeah. So what do you mean by it's free to use? So um, oh, as in like there's no restrictions like China has the... Like as in like you don't have to pay for it. I oh, think okay. it's free on your data plan. So it doesn't use a lot. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's why they use it over there. Okay. So if so you got Facebook, you got YouTube. Um, I think Gary V mentioned something the other day that YouTube shorts are the way to go moving forward. Um, what do you see for you, for, for Jamie Zoo? Like where are you going with, are you going to stay on YouTube? Are you going to stay on Instagram? What's, what's the go for you guys? I actually spoke to Gary this morning, actually. Oh, yeah? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> funnily enough. Um, I see... I see the social media space like constantly changing. So when I started, <clears throat> sorry guys, I'm sick by the way, in case you haven't realized. Um, sorry, it makes it sexier. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. glad you think that. Yeah, 100%, that. man. Um, and um, yeah, so look, I mean, it always it always changes. Yeah. Um, when I started back in you know 2014, I could have done like an intro to the camera for five minutes. <laughs> no subtitles, landscape, like filmed with like a 720p video camera and everyone mm-hmm. would watch. But now it's like you have three seconds to hook them, if not less. Yeah. And it's just so, so different now. On top of that, every like Tom, Dick and Harry has become a TikTok star. So it's kind of like the scarcity of a content creator is different now. But to answer your question, I think you just have to keep up with what's happening and and what's relevant at the time. So, you know, along the lifespan of my career, I remember friends of mine in the industry and I were always saying like, oh, what's going to be the next big app? Is it going to be this, going to be that? And we didn't see nothing besides the main three, um, YouTube, Instagram, and um, Facebook Mm -hmm. for years. And then all of a sudden TikTok comes out and it changes the whole space, which was back in 2019. So look, now I think TikTok's still absolutely pumping. You have to be on TikTok. Shorts, yes, as well. But if you think of it this way, like, if you want a core loyal audience that like you for you and that want to invest in you as a person, which become super fans, you need them watching you for longer. Therefore, the longer form platforms like YouTube is still superior to everything else. Right. There's another podcast that I watch um, and it's a movie podcast and they have, they do like live feeds and stuff like that. Um, something like two hours. They said that they're actually moving away from that and doing shorter, like 10 minute ones because that's what YouTube's picking up on. Is that why your videos are kind of around like 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Is that what you're leaning towards? Yeah, think of it this way. Like the platform is a business, right? So they want you to be on the platform as long as you can. Mm -hmm. So the moment that you jump off the platform, that's Mm -hmm. a negative action based upon your user consumption for them. So it's kind of like, platforms are realizing now that people have very short attention spans because of the climate and because our brains are all fried. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also they're trying to think of ways to engage people and engage the audience while keeping them on the platform for a long period of time. So that's why you see TikTok, for example, now prioritizing uh, videos over a minute because they realize like you can only do so many swipes for 15 second videos right. before they jump off. So, but then again, you have to think about the broader aspect of social media where it's like if you as a user work nine to five yeah. and you always have two hours to spend on social media a day, where's your time allocated? So when TikTok came out, you could have had like, let's make it even more simple, like three hours a day you have for social media, mm-hmm. Monday to Friday because you work. Um, one hour Facebook, one hour YouTube, one hour Instagram, for example. Now you've got TikTok. 
So all those other platforms are split almost in half. So they're now trying to fight for your attention, trying to always revamp their apps to cater to give you an incentive as to why you should jump back on their app. You know what I mean? So yeah, like it's, okay. it's ever changing all the time. So for you, what has changed? So when, when you start off like 10 years ago till now, like what has changed in terms of being recognized in your sphere, um, going out? I mean, I don't know if you, if you class yourself as like, um, like a celebrity or no, nah, no, okay, never, have, never have, never have, never have, never will. Nah. No. So you're just a content creator. You're a video creator, right? Is that who Jamie Zoo is? Oh, and also an artist, right? You have something on Spotify. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, Look, I don't think I'm better than any human out there because I'm still a human being. Yeah. I just think that my career happens to be in the public eye where whereby people that, you know, are general consumers of content help me build my career. So mm-hmm. for me, man, like, I guess to answer your question, everything's changed. And not just like in social media, but even like in my own life through my own experiences, my evolution and, and development. Um, so like if you were to talk about, you know, 2016, for example, around that time. Um, yeah, it's it's changed so much because it's now like not only a few people, if you want to talk in Australia or the world doing social media, um, back then it was a few people and now it's like everyone. And <clears throat> I think when you had less people, I mean, with scarcity brings more value, Correct. right? So um, back then, yeah, I was one of a few. And I guess um, not trying to be like, prideful or nothing, sure. but all the eyeball, all the eyeballs like were on me at the time. So therefore, you know, I was getting um, a lot of deals and stuff and being recognized a lot, like to the point where I sometimes felt scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, versus now, you know, having to, having been in the space for so long and then having, as I said to you before, the, um, the kids grow up, not having seen my stuff when they were like six years old to now means that the climate's different. So yeah, man, my life is completely different now mm. versus then because back then, yeah, it, I was getting pumped like on the street. But yeah. now it's like, I don't really get recognized too often in, in terms of like people coming up to me essentially because yeah. there's two reasons. Firstly, like the younger generation haven't seen my stuff. But then secondly, it's like, um, I think it's like everyone's a TikToker. So it's like- <laughs> There's like, oh, there's a TikTok. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's whatever. And then on top of that, I don't really care anymore, <laughs> which is the best part because yeah. I've matured and I, I used to care about that stuff a lot. But now I literally couldn't think of anything worse than people like worshipping me like I'm God. Like I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> where, where did that fear, like that removal of fear come from? Because I, I know that some of the old prank videos and stuff like that, you had to do things that are in the public eye. Um, and, you know, I think when you're young and you grow up, you're always worried about what people say about you. At what point did you go, hey, you know what? I don't really care what people think. I'm just going to do it for the sake of it. Um, <clears throat> I think um, what happened was when I was younger playing uh, soccer in high school, I had to sort of like filter myself a lot. I had to not go to like certain like parties, events, social gatherings because I had to train the next day or play the game. And what that uh, did was I guess I like suppressed my like crazy side. So then when I quit soccer, I was like, oh, I know that like I've got this, so I may as well just do it. But I don't know, man. It was weird, bro. Like, I don't know why I could, I don't know how on earth I did all that stuff. And I, I, I can't explain it. I, really, <laughs> I don't know how I did it, honestly. Yeah, it's just like, hey, you know what? I'm not afraid to go ask that guy now something, you know? And then I think a lot of people stop themselves from doing things because they feel that fear like, oh man, what are they going to think of me? Mm. Were you always going to pursue, did you always, do you kind of fall into the lap of content creation or were you always going to pursue that? Like that was in your mind, like, hey, look, you know what? I'm done with soccer. 
I want to start posting things and actually make a business out of it. Yeah, it was never like, oh, I'm just going to do this for fun. Like I knew I could make something out of it. Yeah. You hear a lot of people being like, oh, I did it for fun, but yeah. I definitely did it um, to get somewhere for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it took a while, so. It did. And are we moving to a time where you feel like you hold responsibility for the voices of people now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm 30 this year, which is crazy to say. And um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that a lot of the stuff I did before, um, while the undertone of my content has always been like be yourself and, um, you know, have confidence and, and sort of get out there and not not necessarily follow societal norms. Yeah. Now I'm massively in favor of um, traditional values because I am different now. Yep. Um, not to say that you can't have those values and still do what you want to do. Yeah. You obviously can. But yeah, bro, I think with maturity, with what I've experienced in my life, it's like I look back and I'm like, oh, you know what? Like it was fun. No regrets on anything. No but, like, but like I wouldn't do that now because I have, as you said, more of a responsibility because I am older as well. Yeah, that's right. And then um, at the same time as well, do you find that, do you find that um, your branding has changed as well then? Because I, I noticed that some of the videos that you start posting now are a little bit more towards the journalism kind of point of view. Mm, yeah, that was intentional because I, I really just got sick of pranks. Um, they're all f like all the pranks out there in the stratosphere now are fake as well. Yeah. I literally started pranks because I did them for real and I love doing them for real. <laughs> and then I saw these guys fake them and I was like, oh, this industry has been ruined. But yes, you are right. I am... Um, Creating content, I've been doing a lot of education and research on what people are doing in 2022, 2023 yeah. in terms of like how the space has changed and it's changed like massively, bro, like massively. So I've had to learn uh, all that sort of stuff again, yeah. almost from scratch to to be relevant um, in the field. And yeah, so you could say like my content now was just purely pranks, Yeah, but we are using the same almost like, I'm always me, right? I'm always going to be like fun and happy, but- mm -hmm. And that's familiar to the audience, but we're sort of putting a bit more of a inquisitive spin on it where it's like we're doing now topics of interest that is universally appealing. Yeah. As my old stuff was already, but yeah. more like topics that are like, oh, I want to know about that, you know? Mm. So I'm like educating the audience as well as creating interesting content. Is that like the rental one? How you go up to the people in the street and ask them how much their rent is? That's right, yeah. So yeah. so we're doing that on on like all platforms. Right. Are there any other ones that are kind of like that that are universally like recognize or topics that people go, you know what? I want to hear more about that. Definitely the real estate stuff hits a lot. Um, the Hard Knocks one does as well. Have you seen that one? Which one? Uh, it's the one where the guy goes, um, he says, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? You ask some kind of like 50-year-old business guy or something like that. Right, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, like all that sort of stuff. And it's good because it actually educates people. It helps them. It's still fun, interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even things like local-based stuff, like mm. what I've done with, um, I went to Sydney's most dangerous suburb, you know, I'm doing, I've just done a Melbourne one that's coming out soon. Yeah. Um, I did one where I went to a town that had some sort of incest family there. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. things that people actually want to uh, know about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's sort of what we're focusing on. That was fun video, man. That was not bad. The I incest one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did your idea come up around, how, did you, how do you create these um, different, like where's the creative, creative space come from in terms of, designing what are you going to do, how are you going to do it? Because it doesn't always turn out the way that you expect it to, right? Especially if you're doing yep. kind of like, you know, on the go, things happen, things change, right? Mm, so definitely. how did you plan for that? Um, I have a scriptwriter in the US. Um, oh, cool. He actually was one of Mr. Beast's former scriptwriters, which is cool. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he helps me a lot with ideas. I have a team, so we all just bounce back and forth. We get inspiration of other people as well um, that do content, uh, put our own spin on it. So like just kind of everywhere, man. 
just mm-hmm. everywhere. And, you know, we're, we're constantly like just open to new ideas and we're sort of evolving as we go as well. So it just, um, and, and underlying, you know, I have to enjoy it. So it's like, yeah, I think these, these videos, um, come from a good place. I know incest is a bit of a weird topic, but <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That's an interesting story to, uh, story to cover. And people will watch it, right? People listen to it. Correct. Uh, yeah. It had the right hooks. Well, it's, yeah, hooks are massive, man. I think Nick told me, uh, so Nick's one of your crea- uh, content creators, right? Yes. So he told me about hooks and stuff like that. And what hooks people these days? Well, if we think about like the most basic necessities of human survival, it's uh, removing ourselves from uh, uh, threat. So therefore, like humans are naturally inclined to gravitate or be more alert to negativity. That's why you see the mainstream media always have negative clickbait articles because humans will always gravitate towards that. So that's one way you can do it by by almost like uh, uh, tapping into that emotion that humans will have. So like mm. a negative hook, like for example, like I don't know, like girl, ten uh, year old girl dies in fire. Everyone's right. like, oh, what? Yeah. But if you're like, oh, 10-year-old girl is happy and is skipping on the street, no one cares. That's true. <laughs> so that's one way, not that you should do that for the purpose, but um, look, hooks are very important now because there's like billions of videos being posted every day. So like what makes you think that you're so special that someone's going to mm-hmm. literally waste their time and, and look at you for X amount of seconds or minutes? Yeah. And you just have to be so intentional about it because – why would I stop doing this? Mm. Like, what's going to make me? Yeah. It's, it's literally like, you have to give them a reason to. Yeah. And you also have to provide value. So like, there has to be some payoff. So the viewer like watches the video, they want to see something. It's like, if there's a polarizing question at the start of the video as a hook, they want to know the answer. Mm. So if you don't deliver, then they're going to, they'll watch it, but they'll get pissed off. So there's no value proposition. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, now, especially considering TikTok, how the algorithm is not even based on thumbnails. It's based on, you're scrolling and the video is already starting as you're scrolling. That means like your first couple of seconds have to demonstrate what they're going to get. Yeah. So it's it's very different now. So similar to like cooking videos, they'll show you the meal when it's already done. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll start to show you, okay, this is how we prepare the dish, right? Well, that's another great example of uh, a content style that always works because humans are naturally inclined to eat food. Right. So you look at like a nice like dessert, you, you, you get hungry. It sparks it. The key is you have to spark an emotional reaction. Yeah. Of somewhat. All right. That's that's the key to a hook. So when you when you do marketing for um so when let's say for example, like I think Warden Brothers took you to go see Flash or something like that, do you have to focus on those hooks and stuff like that for that vi- for those videos? Or are you kind of more focused towards all right, this is what they want me to kind of share and I just just document that? Well luckily like a lot of brands give you like creative freedom. Yeah. And I don't want to just do some ad. Yeah. You know, for no reason. I want to make sure my viewers actually enjoy it. So I could have well and just done like, hey, I'm I'm here. Ha ha. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to make it actually like a good piece of content for the viewers. So I put my own spin on it. And um yeah, I, I just really aspire to like make good stuff for the audience. Yeah. Hey, at what point did you identify your your X factor? Like I'm Jamie Zoo and this is me. I mean, I think you evolve constantly as a human, right? So like at the start I was like, this is me. I'm like this this dickhead doing funny stuff in public, <laughs> in front of people, in lectures, yeah. uh, tennis matches. I didn't care, right? Yeah. But now it's like, it's different now because, you know, as you said, I have like more responsibility. So I guess, yeah, you're always evolving. Yeah. So it's it's constant. 
Did you read the, uh, yeah, and did you read the um, comments from some of your, do you actually read all your comments? The stuff that you post? Um, uh, not all of them. No? Okay. Um, I read some of the ones from the incest video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they said that. Oh, I've read all of them. You read all of them, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of them are really nice. Like, oh, cool. This is, this is good. Yeah, You're doing the right thing. salty, eh? Yeah, salty, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this is insensitive. This is. Yeah, yeah. So, so now that you've got that, um, do you take that to the drawing board and go, okay, cool. How do we, how do we manage value bringing, um, entertainment, and then also being, I guess, respectful? Yes, massively yeah. now. Massively, yeah. yeah. Before I didn't really do that. Um, although I'd feel bad if I was to sort of like make someone feel bad. Yeah. But now it's even more of like an importance because I'm trying to change my image to being taken a bit more seriously. So, um, yeah, I mean, my, my, my goal is to never like insult people and make them feel hurt. Yeah. And I have my own strong values as well. So it's like, yeah, you're constantly trying to cater. But then again, you're always going to have those people that see it differently from you. So it's like, you can't really please everyone. So you just got to do what you can best. And um, especially now, man, it's like censorship is so strong. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? So right, 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 right. It's hard. It's funny as well, because some of the videos I posted talk about China, mm. right? And then they go, yeah, you're a CCP guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, my family's from Hong Kong. If anything, I should be like the furthest away from that stuff. So <laughs> do your research, dude. <laughs> yeah, they've got the divide really dumb packed. Like everyone's either like far left or far right. Does that bother you? Or does it bother you? Or does it kind of affect what you have, what you can put out there now? It does, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I actually started making videos where there was no censorship. There was no political correctness at all. Like, not that I'd ever do this, but you could literally film a video of you bashing someone, you know, <laughs> being racist and everyone be like, yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, like, there's demonetization if you say certain words. Like, oh, really? Me saying incest got my video demonetized. No way. Um, and uh, as I said, bro, you, you can't say nothing, you know, because mm. everyone just, it's like, you're waiting for this pin drop to happen when everyone just comes and cancels you for anything. Yeah. And if 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 in the Western world we are like this, um, I know you've done some stuff in China as well, right? What is the, from your perspective, what is the Chinese uh, video market or what is that market kind of like? You know, it's funny. I've actually spoken to people about this. It's like in the West, we advocate freedom where you can do what you want. You can yeah. be who you want. But then the moment you disagree with the mainstream narrative or you have one slight opinion that alters or differs from you know, the, the norm, the, the social norm, bang, you're canceled. Yeah. But is that freedom? And then in China, it is restricted, of course, but sure. they have a reason to not question things because the government is very hardcore there. And if yeah. you do step out of line, you get punished. And there's order there though. So it's like the concept of freedom is very different in both cultures because yeah. in the West, we're like, yeah, let's be free, do whatever we want. But then it's actually all an illusion because you can't be free here. But over there, it's literal like there's order. Yeah. And and there is there isn't much freedom, but it's like, what would you rather? There's actually not that much freedom, in terms of what you can post, what you can say. Mm. But you can say that amongst your friends, Correct. right? And you can kind of share your thoughts and stuff like that. And you're not going to get cancelled. Actually, it's not a bad place to live. I've got to say, in China. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's like, why does a country operate so well? One point three billion people, man. One point three billion people, and there's no crime in Shanghai. No, you can walk so on the street safe, as a man. girl. Middle of the night, laneway, yeah. nothing's going to happen. But yeah. here, we're so confused about everything. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's a good culture to live in. But like, no, it's it's, it's much more dangerous than yeah. countries with order. When did you first step into China? Uh, I've been going to visit my dad since I was seven. Yeah. But like, do you mean stepping into the market? Um, oh, I was just going to say, when was the first time you went into China? Does it um, Was it a bit of a like mind-blown like, experience for you? Um, I, I always felt safe as a kid because I was with my dad. He's yeah. always lived there. So like, 
I was all right. But um, yeah, I think I think I was actually keen to see how it was after COVID happened. Yeah. So I, w- I just went a few months ago and nothing's changed besides the Same fact right. that you can only use WeChat or Alipay to pay for things. Yeah. Um, so you used cash before when you went, right? I used cash. I could use my my credit card, debit card, whatever. But yeah. now, you, now you can't use that anywhere. It's it's. Have you seen some of the the the, the people who are homeless on the street in They'll China? Have, yeah, in China. I don't see any homeless people in China. There are some. There are some. And I remember when I because um when they were asking for money, I said I don't have any cash on me, and then so they gave me their WeChat no, QR code. No way. <laughs> yeah, you just scan it. Go that's for it. Clever. That's clever. <laughs> that's really smart. Oh, that's you always got that with you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you never not have cash or coins. That's fine. I've, I've never seen a homeless person in Shanghai re- uh, in the last probably like ten years. I said to my wife. So we went to Tokyo. Were you married? Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So we went to Tokyo about uh, three, four weeks ago, <clears> and. Um, I said to her before we went, because this, this is the second time I've been there. Last time I went, there was all these homeless people. In um, Tokyo? Yeah, but at nighttime. Oh. So they'll bring out these boxes and they'll create little huts for themselves. And it's all really like origami, like put like put together perfectly and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then in the daytime, they'll just disappear. I said to my wife, I said, hey, look, have a look on the street at nighttime. You see all these amazing little huts that they build out with boxes. No homeless people, bro. Really? <laughs> no homeless people. Wow. I mean, Asia's that, that country, down. yeah, that country has order as well. Yeah, you know, I think you need order. Like it depends on the extremity you want, but you definitely need it. Like imagine if um, I don't know, it's getting to this point where you, where you're just uh, everything has a justification. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I woke up and I felt like angry, so I punched him in the head and killed him. But like I can't help it. <laughs> like that's what yeah. that's what everything is becoming like here. But over there, it's like nah, doesn't matter how you felt. You just have to like be a good person and you know yeah keep keep the order. What's what's the what's the work the work ethic that you found in China compared to here? Um, so I've lived in different countries, um, okay. and I found that in Australia, we have it fairly easy here. So mm. it's like the hustle isn't really doesn't compare to say the US um, or Asia. You yeah. know, in China, um, you see all these Chinese families move to Australia, yeah. and they like hustle their kids to get into like selective schools because they think that you have to get into one of these schools to be successful. Yeah, but you don't here. But over there you do. So oh, yeah. I understand why I was one of those kids. I used to go coaching colleges and stuff. Um, but here we just have it pretty easy, man. It's like, think about it this way. You go to school, you're a drop kicking class. Mm. I don't know, you leave school in year 10, go to TAFE, get like a hairdressing degree or don't even, uh, uh, qualification, sorry. Yeah. Or don't even like get any, work at Coles, work your way up to supervisor, get like, I don't know, 70, 80K a year. It's all right. If you're broke, go on Sendlink. Yeah. <laughs> and healthcare's cheap here. Yeah, yeah. In America, I had a, um, I was speaking to um, a pastor that I know this morning. We had a chat. We had a, a coffee, <clears throat> and he was saying that um, in America, he had a friend, and um, oh, sorry, I'm going to cough. Go for it. Go for it. <coughs> it's like I can feel this. Like, do you want No, I'm good, bro. All right, cool. It will go away in a second. All right. <coughs> oh, this sickness is bad. I'm, I'm never sick as well. I'm leaving. <coughs> I'm I haven't touched it yet. So. Thank you. Thank you. That's all good. Um, he was saying that um, he had a friend that went to America. The friend was doing some um, busking on the street in New York. And he was doing that. You know how like people like breathe out fire? Mm. So he was doing that. He was like one of those experts. He was sick one day and he was doing that. Mm-hmm. And because he was sick, it didn't come out properly. So it went back into his body. Ooh. And then he had to get rushed to hospital, intensive care for three weeks. So intensive care for three weeks. How much do you think that cost in Australia? Oh, I don't know. You With health care and stuff like that, exactly. you'll cover most of it anyway. Do you know how much he, uh, how much it cost him? Oh no! Take a guess. Ten thousand. 
No, more. Bro, you're not going to believe this. How much? So, so three weeks in intensive care in New York without healthcare. Yeah. 400,000 USD. Come on. Swear, bro. You might as well even just give up. I reckon. How are you going to pay for that? Well, how would they pay for that? I don't know. But luckily, his insurance policy covered him. <laughs> but he didn't actually get it properly, apparently, before he went. But they just like, they scraped through somehow. Okay. So that's why, so to my point is that in other countries, it's so much harder. So you have to hustle. You have to actually like, like put your um, actionable steps before your emotions. Like you have to do things. Otherwise yeah. you die. Right. Same as in China. There's like how many billion people there? Mm. America, you got like healthcare's insane. Some, some employers pay for their staff's healthcare and reduce their wage because of healthcare and how expensive it is. Philippines, I lived there for a bit. Same thing. It's like Australia, bro. We have it easy. Mm. Easy. And it's hard because you get people like myself that love working hard. I'm in the office, you know, filming, doing my thing six days a week, you know, then I go to church Sunday. So I'm always doing stuff, but like, uh, it's hard to find people that are on that, operate like that. Yeah. You know? And then, so that means in your team, you have to craft your team in a way that's like, these guys are on the same page as you. How did you, how, how was the hiring process like then? Um, <clears throat> so I worked with a lot of people, um, I think it's really hard to find, so hard to find a reliable editor, so hard to find. And I've been doing this for nine years and I've gone through like, you know, I can't count how many editors I've gone through. But what happened was, um, you know, as I mentioned before, I, I got possessed two years ago and um, I became a Christian after that. Mm. And so I wanted to make sure that the people in my team shared the same or similar values to me because I think that's important for the trajectory that you're, that I'm going on. And yep. so, um, yeah, man, I uh, didn't know how I was going to do this, but, uh, <laughs> prayed about it. And, um, I basically just posted some ads on Indeed and Seek yeah. and all those places. And, um, man, it was random. Cause what I do is I, I have all these people that have applied and I actually stalk them on their social media oh, yeah, to yeah. see if they're like a bit weird or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I came across Nick who, you know, yeah. and, um, I saw, I stalked him and bro, the guys like Facebook was like just full of like conspiracy theories, <laughs> which I love. And like um, a God and Christianity. Yeah. I was like, this guy's, I don't care how good he is. <laughs> I don't care if he can't even click the mouse properly or type anything on the computer. Yeah. He's hired. Yeah. I don't care. So I'm, I go, hey, come in for a meeting. Met the guy. I was like, all right, he's not weird. I go, look, I don't usually do this, but you're hired. <laughs> and uh, he's been with me for like six months, bro. Like the best bloke I've probably ever worked with, honestly. He's a good man. Such a good man. He just, we're doing it for the same reason. He loves it. Yeah. He's so motivated. He'll go, like, he'll do overtime. He's so dedicated. And, like, we have the same vision, you know. So it's hard to find these people. Yeah. And and even as an editor, he's so reliable. Mm. I'll, I'll never have to worry about if he's doing work or nothing because in the past, the editors I've had, oh, man, like, I'd have to hold their hand because I, 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 I couldn't trust them doing the work. Mm. And, and they're a bit loopy, like, a lot of them. But, man, Nick's like a... God sent, honestly. He's, he's great. That's, there's, um, there's, when it comes to the hiring process, are there specific questions that you ask people? Yes. I think, I think, uh, a place where a lot of people go wrong. Yeah. Um, is where they rock up to an interview, but they don't have anything relevant to the position. Right. They're, they're just like, like I get resumes, right? And I'm, say, advertising for a videographer or an editor. And I get people like, hey, yeah, like I'd love to do this position. Here's my resume. I worked at Macca's for four years, yeah. then Starbucks, then I was a kitchen hand. Okay, thanks for, thanks for that information. Like, how does that relate to the job, right? Yeah. 
I had this one guy come in for a physical interview, which I tend to avoid most of the time unless I know they're actually potential. And he comes in, I'm like, hey man, you know, <clears throat> you've got some work for me to, to see. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm keen to get this position, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I go, cool, so you brought in some work. He goes, yeah. Bro, the guy shows me like some, <laughs> I don't know, like some heaps old like Shakespearean <laughs> film that he filmed in high school where it's like a play on the screen. That's so weird. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, and I watched it out of respect and I go, listen, yeah. bro, I'm going to give you some advice. Like, I can't hire you based off this. I don't know how this relates to the position that we're looking for. Yeah. But next time you go for an interview, you have to have something that relates to the position. Right. He goes, you know what? Thanks, man. I just need to know that. <laughs> Thanks for teaching me that. I'm like, oh, good. At least, at least I helped the guy. But don't go to a position without anything to show. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or what value can you bring to or that? what value? It's so hard, man. It's yeah. so hard. I think moving forward, when it comes to content creation, everything like that, it's a balance of value and entertainment. Oh, massively. And if you can't find that value, then you need to find it. So, for example, at the end of your episode, um, you talked about um, the, the recent one about incest, right? You talked about how this is what I learned. Yes. And I think that kind of makes people go, oh, you know what? That that kind of gives them a satisfying kind of feeling around that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to almost like, you know, I always try to learn stuff. You know, I'm not, I don't know everything. I'm not perfect. So sure. it's like, I like to demonstrate that to the viewers. And um, yeah, I think these these sorts of videos where we are talking about like touchy subjects like incest, you want to, you know, I didn't know what I was expect, I was going to expect, but um, I definitely learned something. So yeah, you have to, yeah, it's important. Yeah. Well, what's actually, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? Uh, bro, there's so many. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get the vaccine. That's the first thing. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, and you know what? You know what my thoughts are around that just from knowing how to get it. Um, I wanted to leave the country, so I had to. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Look, let me tell you this. No one that didn't get the vaccine regrets not getting it. <laughs> Find me one person in the world that's like, you know what? I wish I actually got it. Like no one. Yeah. <laughs> and I got the whole, the disease if it was that or something else, you know. It was rough, but it was like. Like a, like a cold. Yeah, Two like days, cold. knocked out. I exactly. couldn't talk. Mm. I had this, um, I had a church meeting um, when oh. I had COVID. And there was, uh, I think about, maybe about 20 people in there. And when they said, hey, Nathan, what do you think of this? And I'm going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, are you okay? I am coming. Yeah, it's not even there. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll leave you at it. We'll keep your camera far away. Yeah. It was just a massive fear-mongering campaign. Um, and, you know, um, look, I'll, I'll, so <clears throat> good question you just asked because um, I had – how do I put this? So my mom, when I was four years old, she got Crohn's disease. And so Crohn's disease is in, incurable, right? So the doctors tell you, hey, you got Crohn's disease. Uh, you're going to have to be on meds for the rest of your life. There's no cure, right? And then my mom found a cure through natural medicine. So then she was like, wait a minute. How come whenever I'm I'm, I'm trying to um, – like she was in the hospital for ages. Yeah. She goes, how come the doctors, they tell me it's incurable, but they're feeding me absolute crap in the hospital, like biscuits, bread, just like unalkalining food that's going to – create more acidic um, acidity in her body to help elongate the disease. How come they're feeding me bad food? They give me all these drugs. They're trying to suppress everything. And the moment I say, how, like, what do you think of natural medicine? Oh, no, never been proven. She goes, how come that's the case? So she went her own way. And um, <clears throat> she actually found a great naturopath that cured her completely. Like she cured an incurable disease. And this was through herbs, uh, organic food, lifestyle changes, everything. 
But then it's illegal to say there's a cure for Crohn's disease. It's illegal to say there's a cure for cancer, everything, you name it. There are cures out there. Yeah. And so um, she then was like, wait a minute, there's some corruption going on. How come they don't want us to know these things? Because she did it herself. And then she found out, you know, about Big Pharma and how corrupt it is. And of course, you want people to be dependent on yeah. something for the rest of their lives instead of, oh, here's the magic cure. I'll see you later. You don't want that as a business, yeah. right? Or a big corporation. So- this led her down that spiral to question everything. So she brought me up on organic food. She brought me up on like the healthiest of the healthiest. Yeah. Right. And so then I was always like seeing things from a different perspective as other people were because of this. And, you know, thank God that my mom went through that for this purpose. And then so um, I think, I think, you know, back in the early to mid 2000s, there was, I don't know, like 9-11 and stuff like that. And, I don't know. Not not too much went down. Tsunamis, you know what I mean? Like, what else happened around that time? I don't know. 2011, uh, 2001? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, no, man. I'll say 2001 to like 2015. Not, not much. Not much, man. Yeah, not much, right? So Just recently, it's like all the bird flu and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. But yeah. yeah, that wasn't like a big headline. So there was no, like, you could get along with everyone in society. Yeah. You didn't have to like think like, oh, I can't say that. Like, everyone was chill. Yeah. So I didn't have any like beliefs or nothing about anything. I was just kind of, you know, questioning health. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know what? I think this is better or there's corruption in this industry. So <clears throat> that happened. And then in 2019, I remember this very clearly, I was living in LA and a few mates of mine and I went to Vegas and we stayed in this massive house. And I remember walking into the kitchen one night and my two mates were talking about something. And I'm like, oh, what are you guys talking about? They're like, oh, look, bro, like, it's better that you just don't know because you'll never see the world the same again. I'm like, can you give me an example? And they were talking about, I don't actually want to even name these cults, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. The cults okay. at the at the top. I get that. And um, I was like, no, nah, tell me. They're like, no, 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 look, it's best <laughs> you, you just don't know because you're not going to see the world the same ever again. I'm like, whatever. Forgot about it. Then COVID happens. Right. I'm like, hmm, something doesn't add up here. Like, how come... There's this whole worldwide shutdown over a virus that kills less than one percent of people. Like, it just doesn't it just doesn't add up. Like a baby could understand this. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and the survival rate was like what ninety nine percent. Like, it doesn't make sense. Mm. And so I started to be like, what's going on here? Like, I'm not just going to believe this because the media is telling me and the government is telling me to do X, Y, Z. So I then watched this documentary by a guy called David Ike. Okay. I'm not sure if you heard of him. Never heard of it. And he basically just went, uh, she, he kind of just told uh, the viewers about like all these theories he had about, uh, you know, the um, the initiative of making a one world government, digital currency, um, and the trajectory for the human race to 2030, where there's a full, you know, agenda 2030, it's published in the World Economic Forum. Elon Musk's plan to chip our brains with a Neuralink by 2030, all this stuff. And yeah. I was like, whoa, like this kind of, Sounds whack, but makes sense. So I was, I was like, I'm not getting the vaccine, no chance. I've yeah. never actually had a vaccine in my life to begin. Oh, okay, cool. So <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting one for this. And then I just started to research, you know, a bit of research, and uh, just became a bit more open-minded. Then this is how I knew that these theories that are out are, are true because I got possessed myself, <laughs> and what I went through which was 
a very high degree of demonic possession. And for those of the guys that don't know what that is, it's when you're possessed by literal demons, which I never believed in before until it happened to me. This then added up to what I used to get told about Hollywood and the satanic rituals I used to do or still do, sorry, um, Satanism, all this symbolism imagery that happens in the very top, in the elite. And not that I did that, but I realized like, whoa, like what I'm going through now and all the conspiracies are the same thing because at that level, they're selling their souls. They're doing rituals to invite demons into their life to gain money, wealth, fame, status, you name it, power. Mm -hmm. And so they were summoning demons and then I accidentally had demons in me. <laughs> so like it fully added up. And the witchcraft they were doing was what I accidentally did, which caused me to go through this shift. So right. sorry, that was a long rant. But, no. but but that's how I knew that this stuff is real. So the so you know that you talk about the possession, right? I think I heard from another show that you did. Um, you went to an Indian, uh, was it an Indian spiritual healer? And that's where the demon came in or something like that? Nah, so I went to um, a Reiki healer. Okay. In Melbourne. I was living in Melbourne at the time. Um, I went to a Reiki healer and yeah, man, it was insane, bro. Like it changed my life forever. Um, one 45 minute session and people out there are probably thinking like, oh, Reiki, like I've had it done before. Like it's good. Um, it's a very fine line of a sequence of spiritual things happening for it to turn out either way, you know? So for me, it was very bad. In general, it's very dangerous. Mm. So I went to this woman and <clears throat> um, this was in March 30, 2021. And yeah, bro, all she did was like wave her hands around me. Um, she did, she touched my back of my head for like a few minutes, touched here and then waved my hands around there. And yeah, bro, I was, uh, I was cooked. I was fried and it changed my life completely. So then how did you go from that to stepping to church? So... Without going into too much detail, sure, because I'll get cancelled um, <laughs> with what happened. But I had some very dark things happen straight away. Uh, I started to um, become just just have these very very severe sensations of like something attacking me every night. So like I'd be asleep, I'd wake up with something suffocating me and choking me. Oh, I'd have things stabbing me everywhere. Um, could you feel it? I could feel it physically. Um, so, so to put things in perspective, what she did was these healers are supposed to open up your chakras, which is the energy points in your body. Okay. And she focused on three particular ones. So the head one, the heart, and the sexual organ area. And these were the areas where everything happened. So in the head, I started getting like very strong um, brain fog every day. I started hearing voices that I've never heard in my life, mm -hmm. um, very saying very dark things to me, telling me to kill myself, having all these like weird like thoughts. I'm not going to go into them, but very dark. Um, and then here in my heart, I developed a heart condition called atrial fibrillation at 27 years old, which makes no sense. Straight away <laughs> from this session, I then had this ball of like pain here constantly. Um, and I was getting attacked every night in the heart as well. So I'd be like, feeling like something was suffocating me, stabbing me. And then in this sexual area, I would have this, um, they're all connected. So I'd have these very dark thoughts. And when I wouldn't want the thought, I'd be like, no, nah, I don't want this. I'd get attacked by something, like punished. It was the most, bro, like, I can't believe I'm saying this right now. <laughs> I can't believe I went through this, but it's, it's, I can't be making this up. And so 
it was it did a lot of damage to um my like libido and stuff as well mm -hmm. so um yeah man these three things happened and then i went all of 2021 having absolutely no idea what was going on with me i went to like 20 psychologists counselors you name it um but it just kept getting worse and worse no one could fix me in late october i think it was october 2021 uh someone my mom had been like have you ever thought like maybe it's like some spirit or like demon i'd never heard of this in my life i'm like maybe that's all that makes sense right now so then i went to an indian spiritual healer yeah did exorcisms with him didn't work and then i realized that oh wait a minute like demons can only be um the only um force they bow down to is is christ so i had to get deliverance from a, a pastor and um this was a long process though um i had to do many sessions um but bro, you should have seen what was coming out of me. Like it was a full real life Hollywood movie. Like I'd be in my chair, like screaming, yeah. like I was saying words that I'd never heard in my life that relate to demons in the Bible. Yeah. Um, vomiting. Whew, Did like, you physically look different as well? Like eyes, you know? Yeah. You could see some, something was, yeah, yeah you could see. So, so that's kind of how. I went from there to becoming um, Christian. Yeah. Was there a friend that brought you to church or was it just, you just actually like, you know, I need to go. I don't care how, I don't care which one. Yeah. I had a really good friend, have a really good friend. Her name's Connie. She was like literally taking care of me through the whole time. That's cool. Um, and she actually introduced me uh, to church and man, the first time I went to church, bro, whew, did I have a spiritual encounter? Yeah. Bro. Tell me your experience when you stepped in. Whew. Cause you went to Planet Shakers, right? Yeah. Planet yeah. Shakers in Melbourne. Dude, like, I don't know what it was about that place, but like, I remember just walking through the door, like stepping into the, whatever it's called, the arena. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. And just feeling like the biggest like sense of peace, like something from, no, it's like Holy Spirit come into me straight away. Yeah. Straight away. I just felt this supernatural like experience and I start bawling my eyes out. Just yes. Like, whew, everything starts coming out. And then I started hearing like a, 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 a voice like this is where you need to be mm. this is where you're gonna get healed these are your people yeah and yeah man i literally got healed from um from that's god. awesome what was your perception of god before stepping into church bro i was the biggest atheist yeah i would see people on the street with jesus signs and like curse them say derogatory things about god all the time like i was one of those guys man yeah and the grace that, you know, God showed me by, even though I had done that in the past, but saving my life, whew, bro, like I live my life for him now. Like I don't care about nothing else. That's awesome. Was it hard telling your friends and family that, hey, I've come to Christ? Um, <clears throat> my mom was with me the whole time. Yep. She was a part of my testimony. Yeah. You know? So she had seen it all. Um, so it wasn't hard for, for me to tell her. She was just following my every move. Yeah. Um, my friends, um, no, not really. Huh? No. Um, but my dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Typical Chinese dad. <laughs> yeah. I only told him about him when I was in China last. Yeah, yeah. And bro, surprisingly, he had such a great reaction. He's like, I can see how much it's changed you for the better. I, he, he actually said to me in these words, he goes, I think you should be a very strict Christian. You should be very strict in your values and beliefs because it's very important yes. for you. And I go, I already am, but sure. 
That's cool, man. That's cool. Do you know, um, do, is there a reason why you think spirituality is so big in our generation these days? Because I know a lot of friends, they, 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 they're, they're looking for something, but they just don't know what it is. Yep. Is it because of the environment that we're in? Is it because of there's so much noise out there? Or, I mean, on a spiritual realm, like, is there a battle that's going on? Yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely um, a battle, bro. Because if you think about society as a whole, there's so much unfulfillment and there's so much propaganda that's leading us into a path of destruction. So I'll give an example. So <clears throat> since the dawn of time, the foundation of society has been the nuclear family unit. So, you know, father um, um, leads the family, yeah. uh, protects and provides, mother nurtures the kids, teaches yeah. them about values and life. And then the kids grow up and uh, eventually take over. There's such a big attack on, especially masculinity, but the family. Because what they've done now is they've they've created a situation where women now have to work and leave the leave the children. Um, this now makes them pay tax, and then the children are then indoctrinated by the schools into a way of living that they think that this is how I have to live. Right. And then with masculinity in 2023, you can no longer even be a man in any shape or form because now it's considered toxic. So when you're put into a society, I'm talking about the West essentially, where our core values as humans are being diminished and frowned upon. You're now you're now alleviating the pain through distractions such as social media. But then, what are you filled with on social media? You're filled with like pornography. Right. <laughs> you're filled with comparison to other people with a false perception of what perfection is. And so, of course, you're going to get broken people that are looking for something because you're not fulfilling any core value of human existence at all. Yeah. Plus, we're infiltrate with bad food yeah with bad people that we look up to um just false values that that are so far away from what we've what has been like the crux of human evolution to this day and age so yeah everyone's looking for something because they're so unfulfilled they don't know why yeah oh but I, I you know the phone's not that bad i've been told or like or like hookup culture like it's fine you know like cardi b she advocates it you know Nicki minaj advocate bro they're doing it for a reason how come any element of being a man is now frowned upon? How come you can't say that I, as a man, want to take care of my family and be the core breadwinner so I can protect and provide? Oh, that's toxic. Oh, we're all mm. equal. Oh, feminism movement. Don't get me started. <laughs> so people- Off camera. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> people are so unfulfilled because of all these reasons and more that they're looking for something. Now, this is the problem. When people are looking for something- in terms of a spiritual higher power, there's two elements to it. The first element is I believe in something has created me and I believe that there's something greater than myself. That's, that's, that's good. It's the first step. But the second step is finding the actual creator and being accountable to certain moral codes of how God wants you to live. People who go into spirituality are looking for something, but they, they fail to realize that if you actually want to improve your life, you have to have accountability. You can't just do whatever you want. Because you go into New Age, you go into Crystals, you go into Reiki, all that. They're going to tell you whatever you want to do is is fine, mm -hmm. and just go off your emotions and do this. But that's not that's not reality. Because you need morality, you need values, you need something to base your life upon. Because that's where true freedom is. Freedom is in discipline. When have you ever lived your life for a week and slept in and done nothing and just ate shit food and felt good about yourself? Never. No. Never. It's because 
that sort of freedom, which is what the new age promotes, oh, just do how you feel, how you feel. It's all, it's all emotion-based. You can't do that because you're not actually going to be free. You're going to be a slave to your emotions. They don't teach you that. Yeah. They justify everything saying, higher power this, crystal this, you can do whatever you want. Fine to a degree, but there's no accountability. And once you get to realize that God has certain commandments that have historically been proven to be good for us, then you're like, oh, you know what? Nah, I don't want this. I'm going to go back. But then you don't find fulfillment. You're always chasing it. It's not a coincidence why you see people that have come to, to Christ that have completely changed their ways and no longer have that desire to do what they used to do. Like me, I don't have a desire to do all that stuff anymore because mm. my heart and my soul has been changed and I've never been happier. That's, and you know what? We thrive under boundaries. Like it goes back to what you're talking about, China, right? They have all these boundaries, mm. right? But the country's thriving in, t- in general. My wife actually works with kids as well. And she says that kids thrive under boundaries. When you, when you say to kids these days, you can eat whatever you want, you can choose whoever you want to be and all that stuff. They go wild and they don't really know where to go. But if you give them boundaries, like, I don't have kids yet, but you know, no. when we do, you give them strict boundaries, they're going to try to test those boundaries as hard as they can and they're going to push that. But when they realize they know where they are and, and their safety net around that as well, um, that's when they start, instead of going this way, they start climbing up and they start thriving. And you get so lost, bro, if you have no boundaries. You don't know who you are. <laughs> so what makes you think that you can just exist on this world, in this planet, and think that you know more about life than, say, people that have done it mm. for so many generations of the past? There's a reason why we've got to this place and yeah. uh, this stage in the first place uh, as humans. And the most confusing thing would be for you to tell your kid, like, you're nobody. Like, there's no boundaries. You do what you want. Everything's yeah. justified. Yeah. You don't know what they're doing, bro. No, they don't. Oh, hey, I'm, I'm a shark today. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let's go get your gender surgery and make you into a shark. No, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they don't. It's creativity. It's their imagination. But now, as you see in the West, we're not going to have that anymore. It's going to be, you know what? If you identify as a, as a turtle, then you be that turtle. Have you seen the guy in America, some 60-year-old man that identifies as a baby? <laughs> That's tough. Bro, the guy, the guy gets like milked and like he's wearing a tutu, oh, cries no. like a baby. He's 60. Like, oh, no. That's what I mean. There's no boundaries or accountability. But you know what? The boundary is actually good for us as well because then, for example, like you know where your videos are going now. Now you know exactly, okay, this is my purpose. This is where I'm trying to go with it because I know, you know, what has God put in me? Like, what mm. am I going to actually bring as value to my audience, to the people that I'm watching and stuff like that? That's right. Has your purpose, has your purpose kind of aligned to that more of that now? Um, are you? Oh, dude, like yeah? I used to live my life like, I actually said this to Nick the other day. It's like, yeah. I might have already mentioned this, but <clears throat> I used to want to be like a singer like a musician and full yeah, moon, like, right? Full moon. Full, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did an EP. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like as much as I like singing, as much as I um, can sing, actually, it was, it was all for like self glorification. I wanted me to be on stage, thousands of people worshiping me and that's it. That's what I wanted. But uh, bro, now I couldn't think of anything worse. I literally couldn't think of anything worse. Like yeah. I don't live my life for myself at all. And from humbling myself and realizing that, like I live my life for God's purpose for my life. So I know that, you know, God put me through this huge, crazy demonic possession for a reason to shed light on certain things that others are also experiencing that I can help with my own testimony. So bro, I, 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 I don't live my life myself yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? If you saw yourself, um, 20 year old Jamie, what would you have said to him like right now? 
<laughs> but that guy was too like too concerned about just putting his dick in anything you could find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, if it moves, I'm there. <laughs> if it moves, yeah, kind of, kind of. Honestly, it was bad, man. I thought I had like a sex addiction and everything. It was bad. Oh, really? Yeah. Like a uh, Hank Moody in uh, Californication. What's that? Have you seen Californication? Nah. Nah, it's a David Duchovny show. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah, back when I was in high school. I was like, right. whoa, boobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it took a bit more than that, but <laughs> but I was like, yeah, bro, my life was essentially dictated by lust. Um, what do I tell my 20-year-old self? <clears throat> I would say like, um, yeah, I, I definitely would say that as a man, it's actually not good to get your body count up. And that even though as a society, there's so much glorification of men that do sleep around and, and, and um, pursue women um, as a means of validation, I would say like that's not actually what life's about. Because it doesn't only <clears throat> expose yourself to um, – and this is part of my testimony as well. I, a girl I slept with started the possession for me. <coughs> she was um, – the first point of contact for everything to happen. The Reiki happened after her, but she already did something to me where the Reiki magnified it. So sleeping around can expose you to all these different spirits and demons. Um, and I don't know, you got STDs. It's, it's not clean. Yeah. It's, it's sex is a very spiritual um, transaction. And yeah, it, it should be preserved. Honestly, that's what I tell my 20 year old self. And yeah. um, it is sad, bro. Cause even like guys like Tate, you know, I've taken a lot of great um, wisdom off him. He's mm. helped my life a lot. But then it kind of sucks because he definitely advocates um, promiscuity and um, and that sort of thing. And, you know, put it put it down to the most basic conceptualization. Like if you're a kid and you're in a family that, and and your dad was sleeping with hundreds of women, that un- that'd be very unsettling for you. You know, yeah. it's not, it doesn't take rocket science to understand that. So, yeah, I think just preserve yourself more. Yeah. What, what, what advice do you give like young kids when they're trying to find that faith or that spirituality and they go oh man I've just heard stuff about the church and stuff like that there's evil everywhere mm. you kind of have to know the hardcore truth about how the world is run and the unfortunate negative agendas that there are at play and once you can sort of like be okay with that then you start thinking like you know what like I need to create a value system that almost negates all that where I can survive as best as I can so I mean, no one's going to be perfect, right? That's true. But doing things like simple, proactive approaches such as, you know, I've been on semen retention, as I said, for 200 days. I've basically been doing it for a year, but I broke it twice. But my streak now is 200 days. Like, dude, that's changed my life. Completely changed my life. How do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Bro, I'm never tired. Yeah? I'm just never tired. That's sick. I'm (laughs) never tired. You don't understand. Like... How many hours do you usually sleep though a day? Oh, I sleep good. Like I sleep seven. Yeah. But but I used to always do like just get like these slumps and like just like oh like just feel lazy and like yeah um can't go to the gym because I'm too tired can't do this well, I'm never tired it doesn't make sense yeah <laughs> uh, just it's just changed my life in that way it's also um stopped my habit of sleeping around um you know bro if a, if a guy can control his sexual urges you can control anything. Seriously, like you can be disciplined in any field, mm. but that's the hardest uh, for men out there, you know. Luckily for me, as I said before, the what I went through um, demonically damaged my libido, so it wasn't actually as hard as it would have been mm. had I been like not damaged there. So, yeah. And then if you guys, if you were to like 
now collab with someone who's in the Christian sphere, who would, who would that be? And what kind of content would you like put put out for them, for the world? I don't know, actually, honestly. Huh? Um, there are some really, there's a new, have you heard the Red Pill? No. Uh, <laughs> so the Red Pill is like, it's kind of like a movement of men <laughs> that oh, yeah. uh, advocate. It's like the Tate movement. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So kind of like that, but it's very based upon, like, there's a lot of good stuff in it, but it's 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 highly based upon um, sleeping with heaps of women and materialism. Right. There's now a thing called the God Pill, which is men, um, you know, uh, 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 summoning their masculinity in a way that helps, like, glorify God, but is also within like the Ten Commandments kind of thing. Yeah. So, the commonalities that the red the red pill and the God pill have are like, you know, being strong, mm-hmm. um, protect and provide, um, and all that sort of stuff. But the the God pill sort of like differentiates itself because it's about, um, I guess, family values. Yeah. Whereas the red pill is about like sleeping with heaps of women. Right. Hey. So what's what's um what's next for you then? In um, you know, now you got your videos. You kind of have a bigger purpose. Uh, have you got plans on what you wanted to do moving forward? Yeah, man. Of course, of course. It's just to stay consistent in what I'm doing, but also to start, um, you know, creating content uh, that's going to like help help people out there as well. Yeah. So, as you said, like I'm sort of getting into like the more documentary journalism kind of thing. Um, having a message in there, but also trying to like maybe I'll make another channel mm-hmm. to like help um, you know other people. Uh, with stuff that I went through, so is there a point where you kind of go, "Hey, I've made it," or no? Nah. Nah, you consistently keep going, right? Yeah, and you just keep adapting and just keep finding new ways to grow, and mm. yeah, and also, I think that's, yeah, go. I think that's dangerous when you think you've made it, because then you just stop. Yeah, because you either like you either grow or you die. You know, there's no like in between. Um, yeah, you always have to have like it's like think of this way: like if you, I don't know, you you you, you need purpose all the time. It's like if you get to retirement age, do you look forward to doing nothing for the next 30, 40 years? You, you I can't. to do something. I, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's always like evolving. What does success kind of like mean to you then? Uh, well, it was, it's very different <laughs> to before. Yeah. <laughs> before it would have been like these followers, like this clout, this money, um, all that sort of stuff. But yeah. now it's more so um, – I think I think like wealth and financial freedom is definitely an element of, of success, but more so like how I can impact people and how I can like help people change their lives for better is what I th- what I think is um, success in this day and age. Yeah. So, what's your message? I mean, if you had a message to people that you wanted to share, like what would that be? Like that 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 billboard. Um. Yeah. Just like don't follow the societal narrative. <laughs> don't like, get jabbed. Yeah. I mean. I mean <laughs> Not giving medical advice. But yeah, I, I didn't get it. I'm sweet. I'm good. I'm sick. So I don't think that I'm sick because I didn't get the vaccine. Uh, yeah, man. Just just um, go back to basics. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and discipline is freedom. You know, um, loss of identity isn't freedom. It's just it's going to get you confused. So, yeah, bro. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Big cheers. No worries. Hey, Planet Shakers and Hillsong. That's like. You got a hill song, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. That's a whole that's a whole ballpark in itself. I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New documentaries that are coming out. That's oh it. my gosh. Can't wait. That's another episode, man. That's it, that's it. Bless you, bro. Thank Thanks, you. Bro. No worries, man.